0: Good boys and girls, welcome to the Two-Footed Podcast. It is Thursday, the 25th of March, and we are brought to you by eplindex.com in association with our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider that's a virtual privacy network, allows you to go online, change your location, access things like American Netflix that you might not ordinarily get access to, and keep your data safe. Check out libertyshield.com and use the code EPL VPN to get 20% off at checkout. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, that's a giftware and homeware company located in Scotland but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk. Right folks, it is questions day and it's going to be a quick podcast today because myself and Mr Drinker are on a tight schedule due to Anfield Index um obligations. So we're going to fire through these as quickly as possible. Any that are particularly long or require putting together teams I'm actually gonna save them and do them next week as basically podcasts by themselves because with no games on other than internationals well I need the content don't I so um we'll start off Eddie Gibbs FFP reportedly being relaxed was it likely dead after the Man City case? Will Everton, Villa and perhaps Newcastle if a takeover ever happens, now put the established Big Six under threat? And would Liverpool, Arsenal and Tottenham be the most at threat due to their business models? So, yeah, of the big th- of the big six, they're the three that would be most at risk because they're the three who have owners with the most shallow pockets. I mean, look, Joe Lewis is, is very, very rich. Um, John Henry is very, very rich. But Roman and Sheikh Mansour are very, very different. They have different levels of wealth. To the rest, um, Kroenke doesn't care about Arsenal, so he doesn't put any money in. And United, they just produce they, they're just such a cash cow. They make so much money of the of their own that they don't really have any financial restrictions on them. It's not a surprise that FFP is to be relaxed. It has been a failure. It has never fully been implemented. And if you think back. The UEFA president in charge when it was put in place was Platini, whose son helped craft it and then immediately went to work for PSG to help them figure out ways around it. So it was always kind of doomed to failure, a little bit like VAR. It just wasn't implemented properly. And, yeah, I think Villa, for sure, they've got owners with deep pockets. I think they'll be one of the teams that could take advantage. Um, I'm not sure Everton, though, because I don't know how much more money Mishiri will put in, considering he's about to build a stadium. So I I don't think them, but Newcastle, if they got taken over, absolutely. But Villa would be the one immediately that you would point at and say they have the means, the owners, and the status that they could be one who vaults themselves into the top six. And if you're looking at the top six, or the big six, I should say, And saying which one will fall out. I think Arsenal will be the most likely. Because they've got the worst owners. Of Liverpool, Tottenham and Arsenal. Arsenal have the worst owners. The owners that care the least. And they're the worst run. Liverpool are very well run. Spurs are very well run. Arsenal are not very well run. Their transfer policy is poor. They've got the worst manager of the three. They've got the worst team of the three. They do have a great academy, but the pathway is broken. And you see too many excellent young players leaving the club. So I would say Villa in, Arsenal out would be the most likely. Uh, Next question then from Trev Downey. It's 3 a.m. outside the Valley Cafe in Navan, home of the best bag of chips you'll ever have in your life. You and I are enjoying a bag of chips after a big night out on the pints. That's tea for me, obviously. Um, Herbal tea. Some shams from Kells accost us with violent intent. Which two characters from the contemporary global football world do you want standing behind, be, 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 beside us? Well, you'd want Roy Keane. I think you'd have to have Roy involved in the night on the pints. Um, and then you just want someone who doesn't necessarily have to be handy in a scrap, but just Looks like they would be. Brings that intimidation factor. A giant of a man. So I think you're going for Big Virgil. However, Kloppel could be very funny. And if there were slaps to be handed out at the top of Watergate Street, Kloppel might be the very man to do it. So we'll go Roy Keane and Jurgen Klopp. And imagine the balance of conversation between the two of them should make for a fun evening. Uh, and then obviously running lads back to Kells is always how you end a night out in heaven. Um Adam Hanlon at Nabilad. Your thoughts on Jota, Vlahovic and Rafinha as our new front three to take us into the next era. Discuss how you think Rafa's LFC might have looked had he been given the players of his choice. E.g. Danny Alves and Simo. Okay, so For me, Rafinha would be a little bit wasted in a front three. I think he'd be better in a front four as a winger. Um, I would add Nico Gonzalez of Stuttgart to that mix and go with Rafinha on the right, Jota on the left, Gonzalez and Vlahovic through the middle. Or maybe go Luka Jovic. put the two Serbian boys up front together. Jovic is much better in a two. I think Vlahovic profiles to be better in a two as well. It, it could be spectacular. I mean, Rafinha's been sensational this year. He's one of the better playmakers in the league. Jata, we know, he just brings you goals, can give you width, great pace, good finisher, great movement, super intelligent player, hard worker. I mean, he could play through the middle as well and you could buy a left winger so you could play him and Vlahovic up front and sign a left winger which actually might be preferential um but it's it, it would be very very promising Vlahovic is definitely one who's worth strong consideration this summer I think Rafinha should be a major target this summer I I think he's exceptional I really do I think and I think he'd fit perfectly into how Liverpool play I think having spent a year under Bielsa would do wonders for having him ready to play under Klopp. Um, As for Rafa's LFC team, I mean, if he got Dani Alves, he was planning to play him right wing. He played largely right wing for Sevilla. I think the other big miss was David Silva. So, I mean, if you say um, Alves on the right wing, Silva on the left, which is where he played at the time, then you'd go Gerard behind Torres, Alonso Mascherano midfield, Arbeloa, Carragher, Agar, because this was past sort of the best point of Sami Hippia. You'd still need a left-back, and then Reyna and goal. That team wins the title, even with Aurelio at left-back, because he'd only play like 15 games. I think that team wins the title, but left-back would have been the position of need for that team. Um, Alison Esk asks, how would you rank Maldini, Baresi, Nesta, and Cannavaro? And where do you think Van Dyke would rank among those crop of legendary Italian centre-backs? So I would rank them exactly as you've written them out. Now, if we're ranking them as centre-backs it's Beresi 1, Nesta 2, Maldini 3, Cannavaro 4. If we're ranking them as defenders, it's Maldini 1, Beresi 2, Nesta 3, Cannavaro 4. And as things stand, I would put Van Dyke. I mean, Cannavaro won World Player of the Year. Or the Ballon. I can't remember which one he won, but after the 2006 World Cup, he was... You know, he he won whichever major award it was. either the World Player of the Year or Ballon d'Or. Um, Virgil, in fairness, should have won it. I would go Virgil fourth. I would put him above Cannavaro. But behind Nesta, Baresi's the best centre-back of all time for me. And Maldini's the greatest defender that's ever been. Um... Football scribblers asks: Imagine for Spain in two thousand and ten, Xavi, Iniesta, and Busquets were suspended. Oh, was the guy? Guy says it was the Ballon d'Or that uh, Cannavaro won. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's tough to to say like, oh, the only defender to have won it in the last whatever amount of years gets demoted down one. But I, I do think Virgil deserved it. The year he finished second to Messi. So I think he's played at that same level. Cannavaro did it for a lot longer. He was world-class from probably about 98, 97 maybe, when he was with Parma. Didn't go well when he went to Inter. Moved on to Juve, obviously reunited with Turam and Buffon and was incredible in that Capello team went to Real it was better than people remember at Real yeah I think I'd still go Virgil I think I'd still go Virgil, I think the seasons the Virgil's had have just been slightly above um, imagine for Spain in 2010 Xavi, Iniesta and Busquets were suspended, who would have started the final from the other options in the squad and why well, let's have a look. Well, Alonso obviously was the fourth member of that box midfield. Um, let me see. Where is this? Let me see their squad. Okay. Other midfielders in the squad. Well, Cesc Fabregas would have come in to the midfield area. Now, he played largely in the front three. Javi Martinez was in the squad. So he, he, I think he comes in for Busquets. Now, it changes the dynamic of the midfield when you put Martinez in. That Martinez was very much a box-to-box midfielder. Before the knee issues, he wasn't as much of a sitting midfielder as he became. He was more box-to-box. But you put him next to Alonso. Alonso does the sitting in the dictating Martinez plays box to box. I think Sesk replaces Sesk replaces Xavi and becomes sort of the passing fulcrum in more attacking areas which I think suits how he how he played at his best. I think I'd bring David Silva back into the midfield. He played off the striker. I think I'd bring him back into midfield and play him instead of Iniesta, which is a similar role to what Silva did in later years at City. And then I think Juan Mata comes in off the strike. Although you have David Villa and Fernando Torres. You just play those two up front. Cesc and Silva, Martinez and, and Alonso. That's what i do. i go Martinez and Alonso as the, the holding two, with Martinez licensed to go forward. Sesk and Silva as the playmaking two, and then David Villa and Fernando Torres as the front two. That's what I would do in that circumstance. I think it gets you the best balance. I think it's the closest you'll get to replacing what you're losing uh, slightly alters the chemistry of the team but I don't think the, the look the drop off in quality is going to be massive regardless you're talking about three of the best midfielders ever but I think it is the best way to maintain a very high level through the team Um, who would be your ideal four centre backs for next season considering the two backups are players who would be happy with holding the bench at least for a while. In other words, a realistic scenario. Um, that's interesting. But Joe Gomez's injury means he's likely going to have like a recovery season next year where he's still working his way back. So I think he'd be fine with a squad role. Ozan Kebac is 20, so he'll be fine in that role. So those are the two backups I would have. And then I think it's Virgil plus a new sign another new signing. I think Quebec and um, I think there'll be two signings, Quebec plus one, with matup and Phillips leaving, Davies then as the fifth, Fabinho as the in case of emergency break glass, sixth option. Um who that other starter would be, I mean Kanate is the obvious one, but there are injury concerns. I know Tapsapa has been looked at, but the price that they're quoting is lunacy. Absolute lunacy. If I was picking, I'd quite like Jules Conde who I think is absolutely incredible. Um, I think it could be Kanate. I think it could be Kanate, Virgil, Kebak and Gomez. That's the four I would suggest it'll likely be. Um FC Molman, do you think Trent will ever be a midfielder under Klopp? Or will he, will, will he be a right-back for the foreseeable future? What would you like to see? I'd rather see, see him play... I'd rather see him stay at right-back, if I'm honest. I think you could. I think he'd be a very good midfielder, but I think he could be the best right-back we've ever seen. I don't think you find world-class right-backs as easily as you find very good midfield players. There's a lot more midfield players out there, so... I would rather see him play it right back. Um I think he might end up playing some football in midfield under Klopp, but I don't think he'll ever be a regular in midfield. Uh Michael Mushroom. <laughs> uh Michael Mushroom asks, put these lads in order of talent. Gerard Laudrup, Burkamp De Bruyne. Right. In terms of talent, Laudrup is first, and it isn't close. Laudrup is on a different level. Um then I would say Gerard. I would say Gerard, Burkham, De Bruyne, and I think those three are all really, really close. Laudrup is for me on a different level, talent-wise, natural talent-wise. Laudrup is just different. Uh, he's in the very, very elite whether he, he always displayed it or not is diff- is a different question. But Loudrup I mean look, you could say De Bruyne, Burkamp, Gerard, and I don't think you could be wrong, but likewise you could say Burkamp, Gerard, De Bruyne, Gerard, De Bruyne, Burkamp, whatever way you want to put it. I think the other three are really, really close. But for me Michael Loudrup stands out from the other two. Um David Dupreez asks, what would be your La Liga combined 11? I'm going to do that one next week. I'm actually going to do, I'll do 11s for the other top five leagues or something as a podcast. So um, thank you for that one, David. Um, why in WA foodie should Liverpool look to sign Benoit Badi Yashila from Monaco? Take advantage of the French market. I wouldn't be against it. If you were looking to sign a long-term Virgil replacement, uh, he would absolutely be one worth considering. But you'd have to be making a commitment that Quebec is going to be your starter next year, next to Virgil, and Joe Gomez, his backup, as he works his way back. Um, but I would absolutely take it. Um, Armin Javeri asks, where have all these man PSG rumours come from? Do you really think he's leaving this summer? If he does, would you replace him at one signing or adding more depth? Right, first things, I would replace him with two signings. I would look to spend that money on two players who can potentially get to Mane's level. For example, Rafinha and perhaps Nico Gonzalez from Stuttgart. They're the types that I'd look at. Um, Do you really think he's leaving this summer? I I think it's a strong possibility. I think he's the most likely of Liverpool's starters to leave uh, other than Ginny Winealdum, who you know, it looks like he's certain to leave. As for where the rumours have come from, I, I think this deal would have happened last summer. There's been strong interest from PSG for a couple of years now. They have a partnership ongoing with Mane's agency, um, and they're starting to build academies in Africa. And I think they want Mane as sort of a a figurehead. There's also, and this is going to sound. This isn't great. This isn't great optics for PSG, but I think a part of it is the Qataris want somebody who looks like Mane, so that they can, you know, try and downplay all the human rights violations there's been towards workers building the stadiums for the 2022 World Cup. I think it's in part a PR move by PSG, who can afford it. Uh, Isaac Gilding, your all-time 11 from Europe, South America, and Africa and who would win if they played each other. Again, I will keep that for next week and use that as a full podcast. Thank you very much, Isaac. Uh, Winner, aka at loser underscore, underscore, 70. Your Liverpool transfer prediction, not what we should do, what's actually going to happen. What's actually going to happen is I think there will be quite a clear out. I think you'll see... A number of the players that have had multiple loans moved out. I think you'll see a couple of senior players moved out. Um, Matip, I think, goes. I genuinely think he goes. I think G- Ginny goes. And I, and I do think Sadio will leave. And I think there'll be four signings. I think they'll add three starters. One up front one in midfield and one at the back, plus one squad player and maybe a couple of young players. I think it's going to be a busy summer. I think people should prepare themselves for quite a busy summer. Um, Emmett, a.k.a. Emmett, if you can remember, what are some of the worst takes by a journalist pundit you've seen over the years? Um, There's, there's genuinely that many that it is hard to remember individual ones, but I, I'm always struck by the uh, camera that was it. The, uh, was it Neil Ashton who said the transfer committee have yet to explain how they come up with a figure of twenty nine million for Roberto Firmino? As he wrote that hatchet piece on Michael Edwards, that's probably the worst thing I've ever I've ever read by a journalist. I I do also remember, and I can't remember the journalist who said it, but it was an Irish journalist when Harry Redknapp took over QPR. He said, "You can take QPR's name out of the relegation battle. No way they go down under Lampard or under under Redknapp." And down they went, uh, very very quickly. Um, who is the higher ceiling in your opinion? Greenwood, Curtis, Foden, Bellingham, or Sancho? Um, I think Foden. Foden, whichever Foden. I think he has the highest ceiling, then Sancho, then Greenwood, then Bellingham, and then Curtis, being honest. I I think Curtis is fifth among those. I I think he is fifth among those. I would also add Bakio Saka to that list, and I think Saka would slot in just after Sancho. I think that's how it would be. That's that's for me anyway. Um, Right, what else have we got here? Okay, at J. Roy, oh my god, I've butchered his name again, at J. Reed, 1987, can you get my Twitter handle pronounced correctly this time? No was the answer to that one. What players, ex-players, managers would you have heading up an AC-12 unit to investigate corruption in football? Gary Neville. Because he's so pedantic, I think he would be one who'd uh, who'd be really annoying about this. Um, it depends on how you want the investigation to play out, though, Jay. Because you know there might be a side that might want Big Sam involved uh, to make the investigation go away. Um, I think Jordan Henderson and James Milner. You know they'd be very diligent. I think I think they should be involved. So Henderson, Milner, and Neville, but with Big Frank, a uh, Big Sam overseeing the whole thing. I almost called him Big Frank. I don't know what's wrong with me. Uh, with Big Sam overseeing the whole thing as, you know, a little bit like the caddy. Uh, leaking information here and there about the what what's ongoing in the investigation. Um Jason Roberts could always give your opinion on the below if you want need something to discuss. Um okay so what he's done is he's done a Liverpool 11 under Klopp and a Liverpool 11 pre Klopp era Premier League. So the Liverpool team is the Liverpool team. Alisson, Trent, Gomez, Virgil, Robertson, Henderson, Fabinho, Wijnaldum, Salah, Firmino, Mane. The PL combined 11 is Reina, Babel, Ancho, Hippia, Risa, Alonso, Mascherano, McManaman, Gerard, Suarez, and then Torres. Uh, put Ancho out of the team, bring Danny Agar in, Hippia, Agar as my centre-backs. Um, and that team, I think, beats the current team. I think that team beats the current team. I think the biggest weaknesses in that team, Reyna, good, not great. And Risa, I think Risa's the weak link, but Reyna, always prone to the odd clangor. Um, I think Hippia-Ager, as a pair, would have been great if you could have got, you know, got them in their primes together. Babel was was sensational defensively so I'm bedding in defensively Alonso Mascherano I'm switching the shape slightly unfortunately for you uh, Mr. Roberts I'm going to a box midfield with McManaman and Gerrard more central uh, Gerrard kind of the right side attacking midfielder McManaman the left side attacking midfielder it'll flex into a 4-4-2 and we don't have the ball I and mean then Suarez and Torres up front and um, unfortunately for you I'm out playing you in midfield with Mash Alonso, McManaman, and Gerrard against your weak links, Jordan Henderson. Um, and then I've got Suarez against Joe Gomez. So, how do you think that's working out? Um, yeah, the, the PL combined 11 would win that game, in my opinion. Um Rafa managing the combined 11. Yeah, we're, we're we're winning that game 2-0. Very little is happening in the game. But uh, we're allowing you a lot of the ball and then we're winning 2-0. Um, Andy Wales, if Bayern Munich were to look to the Premier League for a successor to Robert Lewandowski, who would or should they consider? I mean... I suppose if you want to like... I mean, Kane is the obvious one, of course, but I mean, financially, that's just not a deal that Bayern are ever going to to want to pull off. If I was them, honestly, Mason Greenwood. I, I think Mason Greenwood is, is going to be a superstar. I think he's incredibly gifted. Uh, I, I would say Mason Greenwood, being honest. Um... Mr. Feeling Alright, do you think Bamford would thrive at Liverpool if given a shot? Thrive, no, but I think he'd be... I think he'd be really good as a squad player. But I don't think you could have him and Firmino both in the squad, because neither of them, for me, should be starters at Liverpool. And I don't think he can carry two number nines as backups. So, if Firmino left... And you were looking for a backup. Nine Bamford would be would be a good fit. I think he's a good he's a good player. Like, um, which club has pulled off the biggest robbery? That that being a player who a uh, that being who has sold a player for massive money, while the player ended up a complete waste. Um, Southampton. They they made us give them fifty million pounds, and they sent back. Lovren, Lalana, and Lambert none of whom were in their top 5 players so Southampton it's the biggest robbery in the history of football Um, Jay Diddley asks if you could swap two managers from Premier League teams and improve both teams who would it be? let's have a look um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think you're right. Guy says a uh, Graham Potter and Nuno, and I do think that that could well be it. Um, the only other one. I think Rodgers and Mourinho, strangely enough. I think Rodgers and, and 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 that's, like, Rodgers has Leicester third. But I think Rodgers and Mourinho is another one. I think Mourinho would get slightly more out of the group of players that they have there. I think they'd be a little bit more consistent, more than anything. I mean, Rodgers is getting a lot out of them, but it, it depends on what Mourinho you get, of course. But, yeah, I... I Nuno and Potter or Rodgers and um, Rogers and Mourinho. If this was a couple of weeks ago, I would have said Potter and Chris Wilder. I think Potter would get more out of that Sheffield United team this season. Wilder got everything out of them last season. But this season, I think that's a swap that could have worked. Um, Ollie Emerson. Luis Suarez to Liverpool on a free. Two-year deal, 120k a week. Yay or nay? Yay. Always yay. Always yay with Suarez. Always. Um despite the fairly obvious lack of quality, who do you think is the best most or best or most promising British manager at the moment? Graham Potter. If we're talking promising Graham Potter, because he's still quite young, isn't he? Um. I mean Eddie Howe is obviously worth mention because he did a good job at Bournemouth for a long, long time. Graham Potter's 45. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say Potter's the most promising. I still think Chris Wilder's the best, though. And I know he had a disastrous season. Actually, what am I saying? Dyche is the best. Dyche is the best. Then, Wilder, I think Potter's the most promising. Yeah, Dyche is the best. Um, uh, Ali, a.k.a. Giuliano. Julinho, what ramifications might we see with FFP now scrapped? Will teams spend like crazy? Will this only benefit the teams with the deep pockets? Yeah, it will only benefit the teams with the deep pockets. Um, I think we will see certain teams ramp up their spending to ridiculous levels, but only a couple, um, because only a couple really can. If the two Spanish clubs hadn't gotten themselves in such a mess, I think they would do it. Um, And we'll finish with this one. This is from Harry Fuller. This is a combined 11 from the bottom six teams. Um, Right, the bottom six at the moment are Burnley, Brighton, Newcastle, Fulham, West Brom and Sheffield United. So we'll start with them. The best manager among them is Sean Dyche. So Dyche is in charge. So we're going to play 4 4 2 because anything else would be a little bit too exotic. Goalkeeper, I think Ariola is a slightly better goalkeeper than Nick Pope, and I really like Nick Pope, but I do think Ariola is the best goalkeeper of the group. So we'll go with him. Because we're playing a flat back four and not wing backs, we can't have Tariq Lamptey. And Ola Aina is the best right back in my view, among the six clubs. I think Jamal Lewis is the best left-back, so we'll go with him. I think it's Tarkovsky... I think it's Tarkovsky and Dunk as the centre-backs, though I don't... It's not the type of pairing I would want, personally. I would prefer, say... I would prefer Joachim Anderson. But I'll go Tarkovsky and Dunk. Um... Midfield, you're playing again. You're playing four four two. The central midfielders, Zambo is one and Basuma is the other. That is, I, I don't think that's up for debate. I think they're definitely the two. We're playing Dwight McNeil on the left wing. I think say Maximum probably on the right wing. Now, I know he normally plays on the left, but Dice isn't going to allow any of that cutting-in nonsense. Get some chalk in your boots, son. Beat that man and get a cross in the box. Um, yeah, I'll go say Maximum and, and McNeil as the wingers. Zambo and Basuma in the middle. And then up front, Callum Wilson's definitely won. We're gonna be a little bit fancy. We're gonna play Matthias Pereira just off him. Yeah, that's what we're gonna do. So Ariola, Aina, Lewis, Tarkovsky and Dunk San so Maximum, Basuma, Zambo, McNeil. And then Pereira off of uh, Callum Wilson. That to me is the best eleven. Daishi is manager, um, and that's where we. Well, actually, do you know what? It's it's still a little bit short. So we might just do a little bit of the old football gossip from the BBC. They put this together every day. Be rude of me not to steal it from my own my own usage. Um. Okay. Uh, so the first first one is Liverpool are are interested in re-signing. Luis Suarez. I, I have doubts that they are, but, you know, he, I, I'd love it. Um, Atletico Madrid Spanish forward, Diego Costa. He's not Atletico Madrid's Spanish forward. He's a free agent. Um, will play for Benfica next season. They, they seem to be trying to put together all of the old players, which is very, very strange. Uh, former Real Madrid president, Roman Calderon, doubts the club have the funds to sign Tottenham and England striker Harry Kane he's obviously been listening to this podcast and explained that they don't, they're broke, they have no money, and they're definitely not going to uh, not going to do anything of the sort. Uh, Real want to bring Spanish attacker Brahim Diaz back to the club following his loan spell. I don't think they want to I think they have to because that loan has been a flop um, however they are not interested in a return of Juventus's Portuguese striker Cristiano Ronaldo, again because they're broke and probably because it's It's not good for the club to bring back a player like that. Villarreal's 24-year-old Spanish defender, Pau Torres, would be interested in a move to Manchester United. This is from the Manchester Evening News, so you take it with a grain of salt, but it would be a sensible move for him. Um, The appointment of John Murtaugh as football director at Manchester United was a factor in the club's former midfielder, Nicky Butt, leaving the coaching staff. Yeah, this happened yesterday. Nicky Butt handed in his resignation. He's been on the coaching staff there for nine years. He was head of the academy. Now he's in charge of football development or player development. Um, seems like he was passed over for the technical director role that went to Darren Fletcher. And he's always had uh, a poor relationship with, with John Murtaugh, who, again, is just one of these, um, you know, the Glazers. Yes, men who has been promoted repeatedly. Um I think Butt's a massive loss for United. You look at the players that have come through that academy in his, in his nine years there, and there can be no doubt how well he's done. Other Premier League clubs, I think, will be queuing up to get hold of Nicky Butt. Um, very, very good at what he does. Um, Mid- Liverpool midfielder Jorginho Wijnaldum says he has no news, despite reports that the 30-year-old has agreed to join Barcelona. Um. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to come out and say it while the season's still ongoing, so stop asking him. Arsenal and Chelsea were interested in signing Spain defender Eric Garcia, but the 20-year-old has agreed to join Barcelona when his contract runs out. Everybody has always known that that's where he was going, so, you know, I, I wouldn't be too surprised at all. Um, Tottenham could consider offers for Eric Lamella in the summer with Bologna said to be interested in the Spurs star whose contract runs out in 2022. Yeah, I mean, look, it's never really worked for him at Spurs. He's never been used properly. Um, if you wanted to get the best out of him, you would have used him as a number 10 in like a Diamond or a 4 3 They've never really done that. And then they had Deli Ali who played the same role, and Christian Eriksen, who wanted to play kind of similar areas. So it's never really worked for him. He's been a good player for them, but he should have been a much better player. Uh, Sherwood ruined him early on. And there was all that stuff, and his brother was kidnapped, and it was just a rough first couple of years for him at Tottenham but he's proven to be a good player um Syria would probably suit him a lot more at this point in his career with the hip injury he's had he's lost a little bit of his of his pace and he wasn't all that quick to begin with so yeah Syria would be sensible and Bologna are putting together a really nice team there's some quality players there um if you if you get the opportunity to watch Bologna I do highly recommend it former Tottenham defender Alan Hutton has urged the club to sign England goalkeeper Sam Johnston as a replacement for Hugo Reyes. I cannot think of a worse signing genuinely Sam Johnston is not a good goalkeeper he's not he's not a Premier League goalkeeper he just isn't he's been dreadful this season former Arsenal striker Ian Wright says Arsenal should sign Martin Odegaard on a permanent deal yes they should yeah you you are correct Mr Wright well said sir um Sunderland have begun begun talks with Wolves to sign English on loan defender, Dion Sanderson, for two million. It looks like Sunderland have money now with these new owners. So, you know, he's meant to be very good. It doesn't look like he's got a future at, at Wolves. But I have seen people suggest that he he's going to be a good defender long term. So, makes sense. If they have him in-house and he's doing well, it makes sense to keep him. Um, French Ford Antoine Griezmann wants to stay and prove himself at Barcelona. But Barcelona want to sell Griezmann and Phil Coutinho. It makes sense that he'd want to stay because no one's going to match those wages. Um, and look, he, he pushed and pushed and pushed to leave Atletico Madrid. And in the end, he left under bad circumstances. You know, a club that adored him and the fans that adored him. And now he's, you know, public enemy number one amongst that fan base. I think he would go back to Atletico Madrid if they'd take him. Uh, whether they would take him or not, I don't know. As for Coutinho, I mean, Liverpool fans would take him back. I don't think Jurgen Klopp would. Um, Chelsea winger Christian Pulisic says he wants to represent the United States at this summer's rescheduled Olympic Games. Uh, given it's an under-23 tournament, the USA could put together a hell of a team. Because most of their best players are all under-23, and you're, you're allowed the three senior players. They'd have a really good chance. and with All the European sides at the uh, under-21s this year, America could have an opportunity at a medal there. Um, former Netherlands striker Marco Van Basten said the offside rule should be scrapped. That's just nonsense. I'm sorry, Mr. Van Basten. You're a great player, you're a mediocre manager, and your views are now nonsense. Um, UEFA is prepared to get rid of financial fair play to allow teams greater control over their finances. But you know what the problem with that is going to be lower league clubs are going to spend themselves into bankruptcy and administration and liquidation. Because FFP is the only thing keeping, say, League 1 and League 2 regulated, because clubs there are losing fortunes. Clubs in the championship are losing half a million a week. So, you know, half a million a month, rather. Um, it, no. I, I I, think if, if UEFA get rid of it, the football associations themselves need to need to take a long, hard look at it and, and put it in place themselves, because I don't think they can just get rid of it. Right, that is it. That is the show for today. Thank you to everyone that sent questions in. I will get to those two. Um, those two questions from Isaac, your all-time 11 from South America, Europe or Africa, and who would win if they played each other? And uh, from David Dupree's your your combined FIFA or combined La Liga eleven, I will do League One or Ligue One, Syria and the Bundesliga as well. I'll do them as podcasts next week. All right, folks, thank you very much. Take care of yourselves. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye bye. Podcast Network.